Hi, Bill Crystal here. The replacement of Jonathan Last by Mike Warren, the best thing that's happened to this upstandard. No, no, no. He was doing Michael Caine. I know, I know. What you find is that he speaks like, sometimes it's sort, of, it's sort of like that, sort of, but it's actually quite posh. And sometimes he's quite sort of, uh, you can see that it's quite actually, you've got that sort of public school thing going on, you know, and you know, you've got deep like that. But, um, but uh, and, uh, and, you know, you've got the old sort of, um, the sort of peacock thing, you know. Sorry. 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 He went. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard, brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. Hello, and I'm Victor Mattis along with Sonny Bunch and special guest host Mike Warren. Yes, that's right, everybody. The surprise, the cat's out of the bag now. People were either tuning in in droves or they were tuning out, and we're not sure, so we might as well just come out with the truth. Sonny? Uh, yeah, well, Mike is just filling in for last week and this week. Frankly, we were going to keep the joke going. We were going to go and get another Weekly Standard employee and have him fill in and be, and the joke at the end would be like, remember on Mad Men how they kept getting new Bobby Drapers? That's right. Uh, but uh, instead we decided to stick with Mike Warren because of his familiar f- familiarity with the various topics of today, and also we were too lazy to ask anyone else. We didn't want to be rejected he also. Did, he did fine enough last yeah, he was, week. He was okay. Yes, uh, but this is my, this is my last time. That's doing, right. Uh, yeah, that's you, right. this is the first time I'm hearing this. So yeah, that's, oh, <laughs> this is you need yeah, to read fun. your contract carefully. Yeah. It was for uh, a two show contract. Two show, two show. Okay. Two oh, oh, maximum, it's not minimum. Good, good, two show maximum. Good, yes. good to know, guys. Thanks. I'd like to remind you also that the substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and now Stitcher. Just look under podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Speaking of which, Sonny, you were right. We did, in fact, pass the milestone hey, by right. Thursday of 300 reviews. All right. We're over 300 now, and I will just give a special shout-out to Ed Miranda. I don't know if that's really his name. Uh, who says, lucky me, I'm the 300th review. Yes, you are, Ed. Good, good yes. for Ed. That's, good for, that, good for Ed. That's, that's kind of like commenting like on the on the first on on like a video or a, a website and just saying first you know like there's nothing you know nothing more substantive uh to the comment than shut than up just, i'm the three <laughs> shut shut your mouth you Mike know what Warren. it's the last one i'm going shut out your, yeah, you're, you're going, going out in flames you're going I'm, out. Glad, I'm just glad we had a 300th review that <laughs> yeah because that makes we, me happy. we were joking about how we would have surpassed it by that time but i was like i don't know was that 297 for a while yeah. and then we had a nice little jump um, the other thing is it actually is hard to time. It's like on a radio show, you be our whatever, 70th caller, and you just got to keep on calling in order to make it happen, and then you get, you know, free tickets. There you go. Okay. Uh, how are we, gentlemen? Um, Mike, how about you? Uh, well, the exciting conclusion to last week's mulch story oh. is that the mulch is is all laid uh, mm-hmm. in the backyard and, and elsewhere. And uh, my son asked me this morning, he looked out into the driveway where this giant mountain of mulch has been all for the last week and a half. Yeah. And he said, where's the where's the mulch, Daddy? I said, it's all gone. Uh, he goes, did you throw it away in the garbage can? I said, no, I did not. 
Oh, yeah. So you you actually he's, he's seventeen too. That's the weirdest <laughs> yeah. part about it all. It's like, really, you were a child when you were eight. Um, <laughs> you were on some sort of strange antibiotics, the kind they give the chickens. Okay, I'm just I'm riffing here. I'm riffing. All right, right. that was a 2020 special about chickens <laughs> in Puerto Rico. I'm not making this up. Okay, they, they started having babies when they were eight. Yeah, I don't no, they they, they, they were going. eating chickens that had antibiotics, and then they were reaching puberty at like eight or nine. It was crazy. Look it up on the internet. It's true. Um, so you used the entire pile. Yeah, I used Gosh, the entire pile. It, yeah, it was a lot, and I actually ran out of space mm-hmm. uh, that I had cleared. So. so you just started sprinkling it in random places. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the filling in, filling the in the gaps. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, again the exciting conclusion to the <laughs> thrilling story that all the substandard fans loved. Hearing about yes. somebody, somebody weighed in and said how much a cubic. Yeah, they said oh, it was like, really. This was like 800, 900 pounds, seven hundred. And how many? How many of those? I had six. So, so you had like yeah, yeah. two You're tons. At these, of, yeah, this is it was, it, was a, it was the most working out I've done in like five years. Wow. So, how are you feeling? I'm feeling feeling good. Feeling little, strong. Little, little sore in the legs. Feeling strong. Let's let's move good. on. Yes, uh, I had a uh, a nice week weekend. Uh, my kids and my wife were away. Not that that has anything to do with each other. I'm summer of Vic. Subs- summer of Vic. Yeah. It was a summer of Vic. Um, I did go back to Hunan Gate because I was certain that you, I said last time I was there it was like a Sunday, and I said, "Where's the buffet?" She goes, "Oh, only weekday." She said, oh, "Only weekdays." Excuse me. And then I <laughs> wait. What did she? How did? What did she say? I've got a tangent on this. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go off on uh, later on, okay, but good. um. And so I come back on the weekday after work, and I said, "Where's the buffet?" Oh, only weekday lunch. I said, "Oh, you're killing me over here." How killing many more? There's no. Well. There's only so much summer of Vic. Should go to the Bailey's Crossroad one. I, I still. Know. I haven't been. I don't know if it's any good. Uh, we'll find out, and hopefully that's on a weekend lunch or something. Well, the three of us tried to go to. <laughs> did, we, right. did we talk? The three of us tried to go to the city city buffet of China in Washington D.C., yeah. which is like three blocks from yes. the, the Weekly yes. Standard office. And it was closed. That's we got right. there and it, and it, right. it shut down. The cruel thing was the sign. The sign still said still open. Up. The sign is the sign is up, and I'm it's like, yes, this is great. And we get there, and it's just it's it's the, it's, the, empty. it's empty. The mm-hmm. the tables are all. And I was just like, God, that mm-hmm. is the worst. Maybe it was a bad business model because people just kept on you know eating more than they I mean, were paying. It, it had been open for like yeah. for a long time yeah, in yeah, D.C. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Who knows? Their rent probably went up. I don't mm-hmm. know or something. We mentioned them on the show, so they they died. <laughs> we actually probably did. Well, we mentioned. Yeah. Did we mention Toby Hooper the other day? Oh, because of the Poltergeist yeah, thing, and, and whether he's, or not and he's dead. He died. He died yeah, over I know, the weekend. I saw that. I That's... forgot that we mentioned Toby Hooper. Yeah, because we we're talking we're, about Spielberg. We're the worst. Secretly directed Poltergeist, we, not Toby Hooper. Yes. Oh, well, that no. I mean, this has always been the. Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, uh, so I, I feel bad for anybody we mentioned on today's show. <laughs> Sorry, Steve Coogan <laughs> and Rob Brydon. You had a good run. Okay, so uh, but the kids came back, and, and my wife, I picked them up at Union Station. But later, last night, um, I took my son to see, he's already, he's already seen The Dark Knight, but we went to see it at the Smithsonian IMAX. Oh, oh I wanted to go see that. Gosh. Was it good? I've never seen it in the IMAX yeah. before, so it's amazing. It's so big, I almost didn't need my glasses, and I'm blind as a bat. Um, <laughs> thank Gene, you, Gene. Where are you coming What's from? What's he doing? No, um, so apparently the Smithsonian's been doing like a Nolan Fest all yeah. of August, so yeah, I yeah, look yeah. at the calendar. This is the last one. They did Interstellar, Inception. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I'm annoyed. Amazing. I'm annoyed that I wasn't able to go to any of those because I really wanted to see uh, them on the. And big he's screen, actually so. filmed all those on IMAX. Well, he filmed the dark, He filmed the Dark Knight, cameras. right? Like he filmed like he's, six scenes. He in filmed. IMAX, he, right? Yeah, he filmed about twenty five minutes or something like that in wow. IMAX on the Dark Knight, which was like, uh, he, like it was the like most a, at the time. It was groundbreaking. Well, Interstellar. Interstellar is a little more annoying. 
I find on huh. the on the IMAX big screen because it like is constantly switching aspect ratios. Mm-hmm. So like oh, with, yeah, with, yeah. with with Dark Knight, you they have there were scenes that were shot in IMAX and it's like, okay, those are like the scenes. Right. And with Interstellar, there were a lot of different things that were shot in IMAX and a lot of things that weren't, and he's cutting back and forth so much that it like switches from the well, kind of standard It's def, weird you know? that you mentioned that because when the movie started, it's sort of in letterbox format. Mm. And then all of a sudden, at some point, the whole screen is full. Yeah. And I thought to myself, when did that happen? I didn't even notice it, though. Yeah. But, you know. Well, it's, it, again, it, I, I think it's a little bit less annoying with, with The Dark Knight because it there it's not the like the quick cutting back and forth. There are the, entire scenes right, right, yeah, right, so right. filmed in IMAX. So it's like, goes, yeah. yeah, so it's like the big, it it's like the big, the big bank heist. Yeah. The big bank oh, heist that they're getting is shot in IMAX and it's big. And then it and switches to like kind of the exposition and it's, you know. That sort of the score sort of like. Kicks in and, and it's got so Hans Zimmer. The, yes. It's constantly the ticking. Yeah. That yes, yes, yeah. thank you. And and the ticking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because you know things are going on. But there are so, you know every time I see it, I've only actually seen it from beginning to end maybe three times. Now. <laughs> yeah, I know, shocking. And every time I learn something. I mean, there are so many sort of great big decisions that in many movies it would be just that one scene that would be the climax and then the movie ends. And here you have the scene where he has to choose between Rachel. And um, Harvey, mm. uh, and then you have the other scene with the ferries uh, boats at the, right. uh, there mm. as well, and then other things, and it's just like every, and it's just, it, and it's long, but it's great. And the other thing but is, it's tight. It, I mean, it's yes, tight. it doesn't. It there's, keeps there's on no, going. There's no fat. That's right. Uh, the cell phone in the guy's stomach. It's just so insane. And uh, the um, the only the only thing I, I I would say is, I mean, there's some weird sort of. You know, like I wonder how long does it take the Joker to you know organize these things? How many you know he has to get all these people together to you know create the 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 clowns and the hostage situation? I mean, it, so it gets you know really crazy like right. that. But it was a, uh, but again, it, it, it's just so amazing. And the in terms of uh, performances, um, Eric Roberts is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as Maroney and. Uh, um, Don't sort of stop for nothing. Yeah, no, yeah. and and and, and I th- he's more com- he's more a believable Italian than I think Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Um, and and the, and, the, and the other thing, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. So yeah. I knew that obviously uh, Heath Ledger gets the uh, the Oscar, and it really is well deserved. But Aaron Eckhart was really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, Aaron Eckhart's fantastic. He's you know, a, he's like an yeah. underrated. Yeah. Do you uh, know? Can you explain this uh, to uh, uh, Sonny? This is probably uh, all the all listeners probably know the answer, but I don't. Why specifically they had to switch from K- Katie Holmes to um, well Maggie Gyllenhaal? If I remember correctly, the story was that Tom Cruise told Katie Holmes, "You can't be in this in this Dark Knight movie. It's a trash comic book sequel." No. It'll be terrible for your career, you know, and like, and remember the first Batman begins, Batman begins, you know, did, did okay box okay, office, not it great, not great. It was like, it was, it was, uh, it was a, a, uh, I wouldn't say it was a disappointment exactly, but it was definitely not, not a huge rousing success like the Dark Knight was, which, you know, grossed yeah. $600 million or whatever it was. Yeah. It's it like, more than a movie. Yeah. It, it's and, more than a movie. And, you know, I, I do actually, the alternate history where she plays... Rachel instead of Maggie Gyllenhaal is kind of a fascinating one because Katie Holmes has a lot of strengths. She can, she's sometimes not the best actress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I, I do think that Maggie Gyllenhaal is better, but uh, like the, the, the kind of flip side of this is that Katie Holmes is much more attractive than Maggie Gyllenhaal. So like it, yes. it throws, it kind of, it, it, it like changes the balance of, you know, kind of why, we're going to get some angry um, comments yeah. on, on this show. <laughs> I mean, uh, Maggie, but, G- Maggie but, Gyllenhaal looks like a turtle, is what I'm saying. 
She looks like a turd. Jake Gyllenhaal's brother? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say, but Katie Holmes is doing okay, right? I mean, she was in Logan Lucky. She was yeah. in Logan Lucky. Like, and she, and she, she uh, has done a couple of kind of indie movies that have had modest yeah. returns. I, I forget what terrible movie that she decided to be in instead of this. Uh, oh, and yeah, that's right. I know it was. was it like was a girl. Sort of it was like was some it heist. It was like a girl heist yes, movie. Yes, or something. it was. Yes, and it was. With it was like a Queen idea. Latifah, maybe. That's right. It was a terrible. And, idea. and I just oh man. No, no, no. But anyway, uh, oh, that's so a lot that of, is I, that I is my understanding. I could say I, 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 I could say I was going to effort that, but it's just not okay. worth it. No, not no. worth it. Especially since you don't have a computer in front of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is why. This is why you're not coming back. You need your laptop. Okay. Um, but the other thing was speaking of Chinese. So we go to the theater. And there was these uh, uh, a, a group of Chinese who had come, and they were sitting behind us. And before the movie started, they were very loud and talking in Chinese. And I said, I leaned over to Michael. I go, so I said, you know, the people behind us, can you hear? They're they're speaking in Chinese. And then and then out loud, Michael goes, "Culture tosses ah." And he and I said, I looked at him. I said, "What?" And he goes, "Ah." And I said. I said, you can't do, you can't, I said, even if you're a part that's Chinese, racist. that's totally right. You can't do that. That's terrible. And he just smiled. And I said, okay, that's, that's it. Don't, I don't know where he got that idea from. Yeah. I don't, I, who knows where I he would pick up something no. like that. Disgusting. Blame, I blame his grandmother. Okay. Uh, Sonny, how are you? Uh, I'm great. I, uh, uh, let's see. So, uh. I've been clearing out. I mentioned that I have like a backlog of, of Criterion Collection movies that I've yes. like purchased and not yes. watched. Well, Beth was out of town, so I, uh, I I managed to catch up on some of those, including Scanners. Oh, have you oh. have you watched Scanners recently? You know what? Not you know what? I saw a clip recently on YouTube where he <laughs> he makes the guy's head right, explode. right, right. I it is it's it's. I mean, it's 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 an interestingly bad movie in the way that a lot of like the John Carpenter '80s sci-fi movies are interestingly bad. I mean, it it the, the would you say campy? Is, would you say campy? Or I don't schlocky, know if it's I don't know if it's campy exactly. I, I don't think it's camp exactly. The problem with all these movies is that they have like interesting ideas and kind of neat special effects, mm -hmm. and the actors are all terrible. Yeah, I mean, like the, I this think is Michael just, like, Ironside was so so right. the one the only exception to this, uh, <laughs> and and I I had forgotten that Michael Ironside was in it. Uh, and I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, who is that? that that's Mike. Oh, it's Michael Ironside. He's perfect because he's he he looks like a he looks like a younger Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yes. He in does. this movie, yeah, he does. He, he's he's playing it like with like the kind of crazy eyes mm -hmm. and the arch eye, mm -hmm. it, and it really is like Jack Nicholson is in a low budget sci fi movie in 1981 or whenever that came out. Uh, and and so that is what I that is what I took away from from rewatching Scanners for the first time in many many years is that like Michael Ironside totally could have been like the next Jack Nicholson like crazy Jack Nicholson yeah. not you know yeah. like easy rider Jack yeah. Nicholson yeah. Yeah. but uh, so yeah and uh, also I, I painted the rail on the uh, on the on the the patio of my house, which is it, so it was very funny I you know I, I do a fair amount of I, I like do all my own painting. I'm one of these people who like if I can do something, I'm not going to pay somebody else to do it, right. which means a lot of the times it just doesn't get done for a long right. time. But but painting is a thing I can do, and you know, eighty percent of the work with painting is prep work. You know, putting down the tape mm -hmm. and like making sure that there's newspaper cloths, down yep. and your drop cloths and stuff like that. So you know, I spent like thirty minutes basically like prepping the 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 space for the the painting, and I was using like a spray can, you know, because it, oh. again it's outside. And okay. It's easier that way, uh, and so I, you know, I get, I do, I, I'm painting it from white to black, 
And, uh, you know, I spray all the black paint on and I'm going around, I'm touching it up. I'm like, oh yeah, this looks pretty good. This is pretty good. And I, and I, and I, and I'm done and I'm going to like take down all the tape and the paint and stuff. And I'm pulling it up and I'm looking around like, wow, the shadows are weird today. Shadows are weird today. And what, what I had done (laughs) was I had not, I had not put, I had not put a newspaper down across the whole patio and the spray paint. I don't know if you know this about spray paint. It (laughs) sprays. It's and it kind of had settled oh, no, down, and there was like there was like a little shadow where all the newspaper wasn't, and I was like, "Huh, that looks terrible. <laughs> that is really frustrating. That's real." And it was it was not even just on the patio; it was like down on the sidewalk where I'd like moved the welcome mat. You know, there was like a big rectangular mm-hmm. space on the sidewalk. So I was like, "Well, neighborhood association's not gonna like that." One little bit. So after the painting, <laughs> I ran over to Home Depot and got some, you know, concrete cleaner solution and had uh, the, and spent wow. it spent basically more time cleaning the the patio off than I did actually spray between the between the the prep work mm-hmm. and the takedown of the mm-hmm. prep work mm-hmm. and then the cleanup for afterwards. Well, I probably spent three times as much time you, as I did. Well, actually you know painting. what the lesson learned is. Never, never paint. Work. Never yes. paint. Never, never, do, paint never again. work. Never, never work yeah. again. Never do anything on your own. <laughs> Always pay somebody else to do it. That's right. Uh, you were complaining last week on Twitter. I know yes. that's shocking. Twitter.com. Yes. Uh, about you were uh, driving somewhere and so, you were listening to the radio yeah. and something came on. What's the and people reacted strongly. I was What's listening. I was listening to the to the, to the local classic rock station. And what station which is, is 100.3 okay. in Washington. Big 100. Big 100. I'm glad you didn't. I thought you were going to say 107.3. If, that turned, if that's no, no. classic rock. 107.3 is like Jack. It's like it's like a Jack FM yeah, it's station. Also office, and, it's, yeah. and the old office the music. old the old classic rock station used to be 94.7 in yes. DC, and now it's like uh, that's gone. Light jazz or something. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm listening to Big 100.3 and Smash Mouths walking walking on the sun comes on and I'm just like now I understand that classic rock is not like a designation of a a format of music it's not like Led Zeppelin and you know and it stops but classic rock is Led Zeppelin I mean that isn't the point that that but so this is this is the debate right is like is it is it actually a format of music is it like a type of music or is it just whatever was 20 years 20 years ago ago, and like the the library keeps getting bigger as like you keep adding does it move up though i mean does you know i mean will the 70s become 70s music and then you know well i mean i don't know this is this is one of the reasons why i kind of love xm is because they have like an 80s rock station a 70s rock station Mm -hmm. and then they have ones that like kind of span everything they have Mm -hmm. the spectrum you know, I, which goes the spectrum is um, geared to people like me, which is like older, older people who like their old music yeah. but are kind of curious about yeah, about what's new, what's new, yeah. but not what's but new, but don't end up having to listen to you know uh, Miley Cyrus right. or something else, right, right. and that you know something similar kind so of eases you into yeah. it. eases into yeah. okay. So I don't have yeah. to listen to all that you know garbage, but at the same time I get to listen to the cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah. let me let me for example, uh, well, who was big last year was uh, that guy who was um, he sang that song "Son of a uh, Son of a Bitch." I can say "Son of a Bitch." You don't have to bleep that, you know. Um, and the and the nights. What's uh, what's his name? I don't, I don't know. You don't even I have know. No idea oh who you're my gosh! About. Okay, well, ask our listeners. I, yeah, yeah okay. I don't, I don't yeah, know who yeah. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I listen anyway. to the Spectrum sometimes, and I mm-hmm. always hear the new uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper song. 
Like yeah. I don't know if they have some yeah. sort of deal mm-hmm. with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but mm-hmm. I, I hear probably. that. Probably. I hear that. I hear that literally every time I'm in. And my, there was like a new Beck song, and I had to hear that. Yeah. So anyway, so nineties, 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 like pop rock is now classic rock, right. basically. Nineteen ninety seven. It's interesting, right? Because hold on one second, Mike. Nate Ratliff in the Night Sweats. Thank you. Ah, okay. Nate. Okay, I still go ahead. I still don't, I don't know. Who that even, is. I have no uh, idea. I'm so who that hip. Is. So, go ahead, Mike. So I, I, I was thinking about this particular song, right? Walking on the Sun, which actually references Woodstock and hippies in 1960. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting um, that a a song that's sort of mytholo- mythologizing sort of the classic rock era is now classic rock itself. I, I guess you could include meta. like, yeah, it is very meta. It's, I guess you could include Brian Adams, Summer of 69 in that, but that's, I mean, it's- Not it's to a, be confused with Ryan Adams. No, do not confuse the two. Do not confuse the two. Because that's happened on concert, right, to Ryan Adams. Oh, yeah. Ryan Adams did not play in Nashville for like 15 years after somebody shouted out Summer of 69 at a concert there. <laughs> And he smashed his guitar on the, on the stage and walked off and did not play Nashville for like 10 or 15 years. Anyway, uh, but I've thought about a lot about classic rock because this this may surprise uh, you guys. Uh, when I was in high school, I, may, I was a bit of a classic rock fiend. I made about uh, 20 classic rock compilation CDs. Uh, <laughs> That I kept, and I printed out little labels, and I have them in my CD. But you're young enough that in making this, you were just burning CDs from your computer. Correct. Okay. Correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was it was all legal. I promise. Um, And and so, I I have some opinions about classic rock because uh, I was always trying to decide. Okay, what is to you know? Do I go by what I listen to on my down in Atlanta, my local classic rock station? But you know that kind of got you out. I, I tend to think 1965 is sort of the earliest you can go, because that's like early Beatles, um, early Stones, early Kinks, early mm-hmm. Who. You know, that's like my generation. So it basically starts at Satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. I would say Satisfaction is like yeah. the first classic rock song. Yeah, because even like the early Beatles stuff, you don't hear... Yeah, you don't, you don't he- hear like... You don't hear like uh, uh, Twist and Shout. Right. Um, please, the, please me. Yeah, the earliest you hear is something like Day Tripper or something. Yeah. Um, 65. And At the most. And then it sort of, it kind of bled into the early 80s. You know, but never mm. really got past like, like Def th- Leppard. Uh, see, not, see, this is interesting. Not even, not even Def Leppard no, because that's like a little far. too metal. Yeah, you know, it's like not enough classic rock. I would say the latest it goes is like 1986, Dire Straits. Okay, because Dire Straits is like yeah. classic money for rock, nothing. Yeah, money for nothing and uh, Sultans of Swing, Sultans of yeah. Swing, and all that. That is like that's like what the people who, who were like teenagers in the 70s were listening to when they were in their 20s. It was mm-hmm. like sort of the extension of right. classic yes. rock. But then, like where I, when I was growing up, you used to hear on the classic rock radio station, you used to hear R.E.M., mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? Because like R.E.M. Mm-hmm. is alternative rock, yeah. and but I think it had a lot to do with it being from a local band somewhat, oh, okay. um, you know, being from Athens, Georgia, we were in Atlanta. Um, but then I started hearing on Big 100 and other, when I've been driving around the country, Nirvana, yeah. Pearl Jam oh, yeah. on classic, classic rock, classic Metallica. Rock. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know. I mean, this this seems to me live. It, it, it seems creep. It seems like mission creep here. Um, well, but this is this is the question, right? What is classic rock? Is classic rock a a is classic rock right. just perpetually what was in the past, or is yes. it specifically a genre of music? Right. So the his- and I am I am like I am kind of uh, ambivalent on this because like I th- I think I think of it as somebody who basically started listening to classic rock station because 
uh, that was just kind of what was there. Right. It was just like it. That is just like another option on the dial. So I don't have like a very strongly held opinion on what constitutes classic rock. Well, I just like it is a creation of the radio industry, right? right. This was this was like a way to keep um, people of a certain age listening mm-hmm. to the radio. Mm-hmm. Sort mm-hmm. of okay, let's let's organize all the songs that you've loved. Yeah. And and so it, it, uh, five thirty eight, I think, did a really good sort of analysis of classic rock stations across the country, and it was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. What bands were mo- were more popular in certain regions of the country? Right. Uh, Def Leppard, as you mentioned, much more popular, sort of in the Northeast, mm-hmm. I believe, if I recall correctly. Um, obviously, like, like Bob sub- Seger's in the South, right? And even like though he's from, even though he's from Detroit, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so you know, it, it's always been kind of fluid, um, but but I mean, it it does sort of there is sort of a. I mean, it is a time, but it's also kind of a, a, a style, too. Right? I mean, it's like a bunch of different types of styles that make up classic rock. Mm-hmm. But there, there's something about the like what happened in the 80s with alternative rock. Mm-hmm. And then like and, and, and like you really wouldn't include punk rock or um, any right. sort of your traditional idea of what classic rock is. Yeah. And, and that's where like Nirvana comes out of and Pearl Jam comes out of sort of punk rock and alternative rock and all these things as grunge. And, yeah. and, and it's sort of. It, it, it has now become whatever the popular rock was 20 right, years ago. Right. But I I don't think that's really how it started but out. But isn't the origin of this just what was popular 20 years so. ago? I guess so. I guess you're right. I mean, it's like, yeah. it, it's I, like if it's if the trick is you just want to keep the old people around, like I... Well, now you need, yeah, now you need more Gen X. Yeah, now you need, now you need more Pearl Jam. Now right. you need more right. Right. Green Day. Or stuff from the or, aughts, you know. the early aughts. But I, I think we can all agree that what does not belong is Smash Mouth? Yes, right? Smash I mean, Mouth's "Walking on the Sun," and that's not even like the best Smash Mouth song. Can we? Can we be? Can uh, we be honest? It's not the worst. It's well, of course, it's not the worst. I mean, I aren't but, they conservative? But what about? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're thinking Blues Traveler, who well, I also hear, who Blues I Traveler, also yeah. hear on mm-hmm. classic rock yeah. stations mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I accept that, but go ahead, Sonny. Well, Blues Traveler yeah. also is kind of more in that classic rock style vein, vein. with like harmonicas well, and black, you know, black crows, yeah. uh, Georgia like, satellites. It's like Tom those Petty, are like, or, yes, you exactly. Know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, 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 no, what's what's the All Star? All Star is like the, the best, the Smash absolute Mouth song. worst. Smash That's Mouth like the, song. Is it my my, fa- <laughs> this what, is, this my is favorite thing on the, the internet? Smirk, is, the <laughs> smirk on Sonny's face. If you could see this, my favorite is like watching a troll. Sort of come up with his troll my in favorite, real time. My favorite meme on the internet right now is like taking the All Star song and then putting other things, like speeding it up <laughs> right. every time, or like you know adding yeah. what All Star, All Star, but All Star, but every lyric is somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody. 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 Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, so I have a good story actually about Smash Mouth. Um, so yes. about four years ago, you saw them in concert. Yeah, can I tell my story? No, I okay. need to say something. Um, so I said, "Well, I'm going to have to step Vic, on Mike Warren." Why don't you do? Why don't you do your read? I'll tease. I'm tease my Smash Mouth story. Didn't you just? Didn't you just see them in concert? Okay, go. That was all I was going to say. Go oh, ahead. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, it was about four years ago. I think it was actually before I was married, um, four or five years ago. Um, and we went, uh, my future wife and me, with friends, listeners of the show, Amanda and Joe Lapino Esposito. Oh, yeah. hi, hi, guys. Love uh, We went to Wolf Trap, um, which is an amphitheater outside in Northern Virginia, outside of Washington. Uh, and we saw, I can't remember what the actual name of the concert was. It was a concert series of like the uh, the 90s. Was it called 90s Classic Rock? No, concert? it was not yes. 90s. It was, it was rock. like Summer of 90s or something oh. like that. And it was organized Ooh. by Mark McGrath and Sugar Ray. And so it was speaking of the nineties. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was a and they tour around the country and it was terrific. It was um, fastball, 
mm-hmm. which you remember from The, the Way, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and oh, the other song, The Way, uh, was out of my head, was out of my mind. Oh, that was Fastball? <laughs> yes, it huh. was. The, and so everybody's like, here's The Way, and then they play that song. You're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot they did that. Did one. they just do a two song set? They did three. <laughs> <laughs> How about Dishwalla? Um, was Dishwalla was there? there How about the Ver- 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 Blue Cars? Vertical Horizon was oh, there. Oh, Vertical, Vertical Horizon yes. was at Georgetown. They were my classmates. Are they Are they Christian did, rock? Is that is no, Vertical no, Horizon? No, 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 but. I thought Vertical Horizon was the cross. No, no? I don't think Am so. I wrong? Maybe that was like it was sort of like Creed. Like they started off that way, uh, but then they, you know, started drinking Heinekens or something. Speaking of great bands, Creed. Uh, <clears throat> Creed was not there, Sonny. Um, Vertical Horizon, um, uh, uh, Gin Blossoms, who were oh Blossoms, terrific, yeah. and they have way more songs. Well, Gin Blossoms, that you know, no, Gin think. Blossoms have like ten great songs. Yeah, they, they, they were. Do. They they're, were awesome. They're, they're, good. they're supposed to be the next Beatles. Hey, Jealousy right. may be one of my favorite songs of the night. Hey, Jealousy is terrific. Is it because it reminds you of that? It's a good song, but it also reminds you of a time in your life. Oh yeah, Sunday. no, totally. I mean, Stouting. it reminds me, it reminds me of like being, you know, of like mm-hmm. like literally just driving around. Yeah. Literally, that that you know, just yeah. like yeah. What looking was, for something to do. What, what, yeah, around what year was that? Gin Blossoms. I think I came out in '94. 93 yes. or 94, 94 or 95. Um, That's uh, go ahead, Mike. What you were uh, saying? No, no, no. no. Uh, so they were they were terrific. Yeah. And then the, uh, the then Sugar Ray got up there, and and Mark McGrath. I gotta say, he was terrific, and they were they were fantastic. They he basically said he's a showman. He's a showman. He's, he's a showman. And he said, and he told us exactly. He, he they knew what they were there for, right? Mm-hmm. They were. They said we're here to play the songs that you love. Mm-hmm. And to give you guys a good time because we know you love these songs, and and he, oh, he gave nice. a great shout out to the troops. It was really wow. It was really, then, really terrific. And then he went acoustic and just played <laughs> Beatles covers. Uh, for, this is no. from my new album, which is sort of experimental jazz, right? Exactly, exactly. Like we Spinal all, Tap, yeah, exactly. twenty-five minute long <laughs> jazz. Flute it was sort of an solo. epic progressive rock, uh, yeah. Um, and so it was a terrific. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. If you will. So we're having a great time. We're enjoying it, and then the headliners were none other than Smash Mouth. And they get up there. The headline. So that's like saving the, head- the best for last. Exactly. Yeah. And the headliners get up there. Smash Mouth gets up there. They've all got their sunglasses on. It's dark by uh-huh. now. It's dark. Mm-hmm. They've all got their sunglasses on. They look like they could not, they they, they would rather be <laughs> anywhere else than they were here. But they have to because they need the money. Exactly. Yeah. So so they played like all these songs that nobody's heard of. And it was just like going on and on and on. Um, they did that terrible cover of um, "Why Can't We Be Friends." Remember they did oh, that, God. and they just and it just ear cancer on <laughs> on the record. It goes on for a long time, right? Yeah. Why can't we be friends? All like, right, the, yes. Oh, it went on for so Melissa and I just left. We we're just like, forget this. And I, I think I could hear as we were walking the, you know, somebody wants. I was like, all right, I'm <laughs> so glad we're out of here. Everybody was terrific. Except that's a good Smash Mouth impression, by the way. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, so that's uh, the Smash Mouth sucks is mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> so so, but that wasn't like the worst concert you'd been to. No, it wasn't. Yeah. What was the worst I, concert? I I don't know. I don't know what the worst. There's nothing concert. comes to your mind. Nothing comes to mind. I was just curious when you were talking about because like you walked out obviously. When, right. When walked no, out. I can't. Did I, you? Was it was it a smart choice to walk out? No. <laughs> It wait, was, am I skipping ahead? Am I skipping ahead? You are skipping ahead. Wait, but I, you know what? Wait, wait, hold we on. might as well do it now. Hold, hold on. Well, no, hold on. I, so this, so one of one of one of my one of my favorite concert experiences. I went oh, yeah. to see uh, yeah. it, in the early aughts. Yes, like the early aughts. I went to see at the nine thirty club. So this was like back when the nine thirty club was in was you know, cool. It was, yeah, uh, I saw a concert that was uh, it was Sponge. Yes. Seven Mary Three. Oh, Seven Mary Three <laughs> seven or Three Eleven? I always get no, them seven confused. Mary three. Uh, seven Mary Three. Seven Mary Three only had two like popular songs, and Three Eleven has been 
cranking out hits for decades <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> Seven Mary Three Spin Doctors. Oh, oh yeah. yes. And oh god, I forget who the last one was. It may two have, princes. It may have been the Gin Blossoms. It was either oh, the Gin Blossoms gosh. or Collective Soul. I forget uh, which. Oh, well, I saw Collective Soul. It, live. But I think it was Gin Blossoms. But my friend and I who were there, we 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 were actually only there to see Sponge. We really <laughs> loved Rotting Pinata. It was like <laughs> one of our favorite albums. And and Sponge was playing in front of literally like fifty people. There were like there were like fifty people on the floor of the nine thirty club, and we were or maybe like a hundred people, and we were kind of like really close to the stage and the lead singer was so angry he was like yeah you know we can't get our new songs on dc 101 anymore and and like a dc 101 intern was there she was like i love you guys he was like well put us on the radio then we're still good and it was like no this is it was so sad it was one of the saddest things that sounds that's like yeah that's that's like worse than the spinal tap in the in the uh the theme uh, park park. right i think they were preceded by puppet show very yeah the puppet show was higher on the how many times do I have to say Spinal Tap <laughs> then Puppet Show? Uh, so anyway, uh, that was it's very similar. We actually ended up leaving after the first song of the Seven Mary Three set because they played Water's Edge, which is actually not, uh, not yeah, bad. Yeah, not okay. bad song. And then it's like go out on. Top, and then it was right? like, well, we're done here. Right. I'd say the one of the worst concerts I'd ever been to was also in the 90s but it was in 91 so early 90s which really doesn't get that's still sort 91. of 80s love. yes you might not have been born yet but i was born okay i don't want to know how old you were uh and it was really because of i went to this concert um because it was like fear of missing out fomo and, yes and so it was uh, high school friends of mine a group a group of guys and girls senior year and they said we're they're all going and i don't want i mean i'm very picky about going to concerts you know it's got to be something i really like and they're all going to this mtv concert at the uh, garden state art center and so i said i, I okay I'll count me in i want you know because i just don't want to miss out and uh, at that concert i had to sit through rico suave do you remember Rico Suave? Rico Suave. Rico Suave. <laughs> and uh, Color Me Bad. Ooh, yeah. Yes, Color that's Me with bad. two Ds, right? Hmm. And the headliner was Belle Biv DeVoe. Do you remember Belle Biv DeVoe? No, I do you not. You know, they were like the they were the later version of Remnants of uh, New <clears throat> Edition. So it was Belle Biv DeVoe minus Bobby Brown. Oh. This is this is really fascinating because if JVL were here, oh. there, this would be a whole, this yes, would be yeah. like a real back and forth about your terrible like early 90s <laughs> rap band. Oh, I'm sure he like, has great stories. And, 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 tell us and, what it was like in the wartime. When, when we were sentient beings. <laughs> Grandpa, <laughs> what was it like to see songs <laughs> in, the, in the live? Did they have I, ticket I realized... I realized I was wasting my time when I'm watching Belle Biv DeVoe shooting hoops on stage and people cheering for them, and they made one basket out of ten. They were so bad. The highlight was it like the was it like the Midnight Madness at no, Georgetown? No, not, not it, even. It was, it was at the like, Garden State Arts Center. Their big song was Poison, and uh, Poison. Yeah, okay, I, I know. To, don't make I, me I repeat know that. Bell Bell Bell. Oh, you do. Okay, I, you fooled me into singing it. Thank you, Sonny. Yes. I have very quickly. You did ask the worst concert I've ever been to. I have very quickly. Yes. When I was at college at Vanderbilt University, we had every summer, uh, at the end of every year, we had um, a big concert on the Green, mm-hmm. and the headliner one year was Lil John, and he proceeded to, everybody loved this apparently, but I think because ever, everybody was drunk. I did not, I was drunk, but I did not love it. Uh, he had a boombox on stage, and by the end, like nobody was paying attention to anything, so he just played uh, Journey's Don't Stop Believing, and like sang with oh the recording gosh. and everyone was like whoa 
out. I was like, this is There's people. This awful. is terrible. There's there, there like David mm-hmm. Brothers were up uh-huh. there. They had a bunch of great bands, mm-hmm. and we had to headline with Lil John. It was not a smart choice. <laughs> I'll tell you what is a smart choice. The Dollar Shave Club. You'll get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club executive razor with their Dr. Carver's shave butter, the blade glides ever so gently and gives me such a smooth shave. Plus, their Dr. Carver's shave butter is transparent for a more precise shave, helps prevent ingrown hairs, and fights razor bumps. Now, listeners to the Substandard Podcast can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of the Dr. Carver's shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel any time you like, but why would you? You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. Now, I didn't realize we were doing the entire episode on 90s music. uh, We're going to have to uh, move on. Unfortunately, for for those of you Mm -hmm. who don't like dudes chatting, this is not a this (laughs) This is is not not your episode. episode. This is not your episode. Uh, um, And I had a joke written about uh, working out at the gym, listening to the Lithium Channel, and it was great if you want to breathe in, breathe out. Thank you. Like oh, said, I, get it, I get it. Oh, I get it. Who's that? Who's saying that? That's Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't tell the difference between Black Crows, no, no. And Machine Crows, Head, Crow, yeah, that's Crow. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Okay. Over the weekend, the Hitman's bought Hitman's bodyguard. Hitman's. 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 We're just. This is a great episode. Uh, Hitman's Does the Hitman bodyguard. take the antibiotics? <laughs> <laughs> it did ten million. Um, Annabelle Creation did seven million. Now I'd like to remind you, Annabelle is a fifteen million budget, and it's done seventy-seven million. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like horror and you dolls. Know what, you know what people like is all those Bloom House. It's it's actually the Conjuring extended yes, universe. Yes. It's like it's they like should a, have a they should they mean it well, I mean the, it's really fascinating mm-hmm. actually if we can briefly ramble yeah. uh, like the the Conjuring came out and it was a pretty big hit and then there was the Conjuring mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and then they have this this movie Annabelle which is the story of the doll that they tell in its entirety. They tell the whole story at the beginning of The Conjuring. Uh, so now we have a whole movie based mm-hmm. on that, like five minutes mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of of film that we already know the story of. Yeah. And now we have a prequel to the movie that we are, and these movies just print money. Yeah, they I just, was going to say, print, and the, the, the result money. is hundreds of millions of dollars. Is this date, mo- date nights? Like, uh, who is going to these movies? Uh, repeat. Young people. And repeat. It's got to be a repeat mm-hmm. audience. Young people. Okay. Garbage. Um, Garbage people. And, and there was a, a great movie that came out, actually it came out technically three weeks ago. It didn't register at all in the box office. It was only done right now, about 284000 total domestic gross. But I loved it, and um, obviously talking about the trip to Spain. Yeah. Uh, well, so... Explain, son, we, what's happening here? First, I, I just want to make one more point about the box office. Oh, this yeah. was the worst, worst box office in almost 16 years. It's the worst box office since the end of September 2001. They're, they're, Jeez. I don't know if you know. I don't. Do you remember what was happening uh, in September of oh 2001? I, I, I have we were all huddled around our TVs waiting for George W. Yeah. Bush to flatten Kabul. That's yeah. like that was that what was. was the last thing. So nobody was going to the movies. So thank you Hollywood for taking us back to the dark days yes. of 9/11. I, I, I believe Hollywood is also blaming it on the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Yeah, well, <laughs> Hollywood is blaming it on a lot of things. You know what they should be blaming it on is their 
crap movies. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, the trip to Spain. The trip to Spain, however, Spain. Um, uh, Mike, you did not see it. Well, th- yeah. Thanks for uh, telling it. Yeah. No, I did not. See, but I've seen the first two. The trip to Italy and, and of course the trip. Get half we credit. had we had him back here because he loves the trip movies yes. and he doesn't even <laughs> and it was available on demand. It's, it's available on on demand. So this is a new thing or a relatively new thing, right. of course, where it's you get you get kind of a limited uh, theater theatrical release, but also everything is is or it is available at the same time on on demand. Theaters really hate this. They they hate this because their whole business model is based on having a solid ninety. To a hundred and eighty day window where Exclusive. you can't where you can't see things elsewhere. This is how they make their money. This is they get people in. They buy the popcorn, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the future of movie going, if the theaters or if the if the studios have their way, is to be able to sell to people who want to stay home and also sell to theaters. Yeah. But it it's just it I I don't see quite how this works for yeah. theaters. The theaters I don't see how theaters be thrilled stay. by this. Anyway, so The Trip to Spain is the third movie in the Trip series, which is a a kind of travelogue feature uh starring Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. These are two British comedians slash actors slash writers who uh, are kind of friends in real life and these these movies are like semi fictionalized versions of their real lives. They're, you know, uh, but essentially what it is is like, I like to think of it kind of as a thinking man's uh, entourage, which is that it has this kind of uh, this kind of like casual wealth porn that is not the ex- extravagant gaudy wealth porn of entourage. It's like if I had a hundred million dollars, what would I do? I'd probably drive around and go to nice restaurants and stay mm-hmm. in nice hotels mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and chat with friends. And like that's kind of what this movie is, and and it is also. Did you say a hundred million? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing throwing a number say 20, out there. Twenty, twenty. Million. I'm just throwing a number out there. You know, whatever. If I had, if I had, if I had twenty dollars, just uh, <laughs> I would go to the city buffet of China, but I can't, I can't anymore. Uh, but anyway, so uh, but it's also, and it's also a very interesting portrait of kind of male friendship and yep. this kind of competitive. Oh yeah, uh, total competitive. Competitive conversational uh, ticks that we all have with each other like when we're hanging out with with guys we know well um, and I, I really love that it, it, it feels very real and very true and one of the more interesting moments in the trip to Spain so the the trip was about Rob and Steve going around England they go to various restaurants and you know in the north of the country England, it's sort of yeah. in the north of England but it's right, very right. enlightening to many of yeah. us who had probably right, exactly. any or low uh, yeah. no opinion or a low opinion yeah. about English cuisine yeah. that's right and uh, and they go to all the nice restaurants and you see like some back backstage oh. stuff in the kitchens it's people great. cooking and that's important and it really them. is like it really I know this is big for you gastro this is, yeah. I, that's the gastro highlight porn. for me yeah. Yeah. so uh, oh. and then there was the trip to Italy which same basic idea they're, tra- they're traveling around Italy and now they're in Spain uh, and uh, what is what is really fantastic about this is just kind of the way their various insecurities and uh, uh, and and also happiness. I mean, like this is this is a movie that is very much about like the idea that you can be a you you can be totally happy with a fan. Like the the contrast between Steve and Rob is very is very instructive to it me. It grows stark, right? More stark. It, 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 it keeps going yeah. as as we're as we're proceeding in the series. You know, Steve Coogan is—he's been nominated for two Oscars for Philomena. He's very—he's very kind of wrapped up in this idea of success and being a big deal, and you know, people recognizing him and and wanting to be around him. And like when that doesn't quite work out for him, he has nothing to fall back on. He has no—he has no home uh, life. He has—he ha- he's divorced. He's got a kid who doesn't really want to be around him. He's got—you uh, know—he's got—he—he uh, he doesn't have anything. Really, yeah. he doesn't have anything. a not quite committed girlfriend. He's got he's got a he's got a great apartment. 
and he's got a Range Rover, yeah. and he's got he's got money to go to all these nice restaurants, and he's got a New York Times gig where he can right. he can write about it. But, but he's he doesn't, never happy. He doesn't, he doesn't have anything. He's not happy. And you compare that to 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 Rob, who like he's not he he is kind of a hack. He does his impressions and like he's he you know but but he makes a decent living and he's got a great family and he's happy he's just he likes he likes what he has in life and there I think there's something very instructive about the the two competing ideas of masculinity right that you have the That's you right. have like the the drive to succeed and be well known and to to you know just sleep around and then you right. have like you have building a home you have building a life mm-hmm. and it it I I, I it is it is a like surprisingly deep series. Yes, for for what amounts to like two friends driving around and eating nice food and right. doing impressions, right? And doing right. and doing great impressions. Right. I mean, this is like the real draw of the series. This is the comedy of the like right of they they do actually very good Michael Caine impressions. Yeah, that's hmm. I think from the first movie that was the big you know thing was the Michael Caine impression. Um, did, did, what did up. you think, Mike? Did you think that was funny? What did you think? Of, what did you think of their Michael Caines? Okay, uh, not great. Yeah, mediocre. Yeah, mediocre. I've, uh, You've heard I've, better? I've heard better. Really? <laughs> mm. No, I mean, but th- there's not just that. There's the, uh, from the first movie, right, there's the, um, all the James Bond stuff, right? Yes. He does uh, Scaramanga from yeah. Man with the Golden Gun and and, and uh, Roger Moore and all that. Um, no, I agree with you, Sonny, about uh, having not seen the, the, the most recent one, uh, that this movie sort of portrays male friendship in a way that is, um, you would think would be, only accessible to men, but actually, uh, for instance, my wife loves these movies. She thinks they're they're funny as well, um, and and it's 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 sort of nice to see that kind of friendship, um, you know, given time. It, something that's much more natural, given time to sort of uh, to show you how how men sort of uh, bond together yeah. and and how they cope with middle age and later yeah. middle age. I obviously. wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, believe me, I found it very <laughs> affecting. Um, the um, one of the things that uh, Coogan keeps saying is, uh, he says, you know, they talk about bringing in a writer to po- quote polish his own script for this next movie. In the, in the trip to Spain, one of the subplots is he has written he's written a script and okay. he's wondering why the studio hasn't greenlit it yet. Right. And and they and they talk about and he and he'll say and they'll they'll tell uh, Coogan they'll say, oh, don't worry, this guy's good. He's really up and coming. And then he constantly has to say. I'm not up and coming. I've arrived. I've, I've already, not up. And I've already came. I've already came. And <laughs> and there was a, actually a scene where uh, Coogan is at this little restaurant bar alone um, without Rob, and he's chatting up the very attractive chef, mm. and and she's very friendly, and he says what he's doing there is great. And then sure enough, he has to bring it up. Oh, I, you know, I have a film that was you know Oscar nominated. Mm. I was nominated for an Oscar. And he has to bring it up, yeah. you know, in case in case you don't know. And that's what he has to cling yeah. to. And it's and I watch it and I just think to myself, God, I I, know, I hope I'm never that guy, yeah. you know, who at you know age to whatever. Fair, says, I mean, you look, know who I am. Look, to did be you, fair, did you write a book? On vodka? Did you know? Did you know I wrote the book on vodka? <laughs> I yes. literally wrote the book. <laughs> Well, I mean, this so, is to be fair. This is exactly how I am when I'm in New York City, and I'm like, you know, I'm the executive editor of the Washington Free Beacon. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you have to it's, remind it's people. Good, it's a pretty good website. co-host of the Substandard yeah, podcast. Yeah, I have a, I have a podcast yeah. with ones of thousands of listeners. Uh, you know, so so the reason I love this series, and again, I, I, I yes, I'm, I'm probably going to see it immediately after uh, taping this this podcast. Um, the, Too the, late. the new one um, uh, is it combines three of my favorite things, which is um, uh, British comedy. Uh, really fine dining and wine and all that sort of thing. Um, not that I partake in any of that, but I like it. I like to sort of live vicariously through it. Oh, yeah. And road trips. Um, and that's another part of, uh, I mean, 
yes, it's the meals when they're sitting down and they're sort of mm-hmm. riffing on that. But some of my favorite scenes from the from the first two are when they're driving on, on the road. road. You know, mm-hmm. they're doing the the Richard Burton sort of every British. Uh, yes. uh, you know, historical war drama that that whole riff where they're talking about you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know we rise at daybreak, you know, right. all that stuff. Very, very funny. And they do, uh, and they, you know, they do terrific. Anthony Hopkins, yes. Uh, and so there are two new impressions. I think they're new impressions in this one that I thought were just fantastic. Besides Anthony Hopkins, they've done before, and right. I think it's terrific. But uh, Mick Jagger, yeah, they which do is very it. Funny. They do an extended Mick Jagger physical, riff, which, which you can yeah. follow. Is also physical yeah. comedy, um, uh, but also John Hurt. It was really surprising. Coogan yeah. surprised me with his John Hurt impression, which was really spot on. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we talked earlier about this, uh, that I called it gastroporn. Um, but uh, I, those scenes, I love those scenes, and I want to get out there, and I want to go to these places. Uh, one thing particularly, you know, chorizo is everywhere now, right? Everyone is, uh, chorizo is just overrated. But they have a, a great scene where there's this tiny chorizo, and it looks so good. I'm like, oh, i got to have that. There's, you know, the opening scene on the grill, and I would say it was like octopus, anchovies, prawns on a grill. I think I said that's heaven right there. That's what heaven on a plate. Heaven on a plate. Um, the other thing is uh, the, the the theme, the running song is windmills of your mind, oh. right? Um, Which would, that was a great gag in the uh, trip to Italy was that they were they were um, they had in their rental car they had the. Uh, oh right, the CD, old yeah, it was the Atlantis uh, Morissette, Atlantis Morissette, which and, is very funny. Yeah, and it just play, it could only play that one song, too. right? That's and so funny. this one is "Windmills of Your Mind." And my my trivia question for you all is: What movie was that song originally from? I have no, no idea. No idea. The Thomas Crown Affair, huh. the original with right. Steve McQueen right, and right. Faye Dunaway. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, of course, when they did the reboot, the John McTiernan reboot, they also had the song at the uh, I think at the end, but it was sung by Sting. And it's uh, ex- of course. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. Mm. Okay, do we have any other uh, thoughts on? Well, do we oh, wanna, road trip do we, do we movies. We were talking about road trip movies. Mike uh, Warren apparently brought in a list of twenty road trip movies, <laughs> yeah, he, and we're running out of time. I don't even know there are that so many. I don't. So I'm gonna I go, don't know. Right, I'll, I'll go through mine first because okay. they're short, and okay. then maybe Sunny too. Okay. Right. Um, so um, let's see here. Uh, vacation with Chevy Chase. Chris, I think Christy Brinkley is wonderful. John Candy, of course, is Holiday great. Coca, but also thank you, uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Everyone oh. says that she's an underrated actor, and I think that's true. Because um, she's great when you see her in other movies or you see her on Entourage and she's wonderful. Okay. The trip, the original trip to England, I think that was eye opening. There are very funny scenes, um, particularly when Coogan is alone on top of that mountain glacier and he wants to be alone. And there's a guy, uh, and we've all been in this situation yes. where there's a guy talking, he can't stop talking. He's got to. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've you know all been around a guy like that. Sunny? Okay. And number one road trip movie for me, Cannonball Run. Thank you. <laughs> Cannonball Run. And I'm saying, I, I say thank you a lot, but this deserves a real thank you to director Hal Needham. And because who wouldn't want to go coast to coast with Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise That's, and Farrah Fawcett. Uh, I won't do my Dom DeLuise. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Sunny Bunch. Uh, I have a tie for third. Uh, road Trip and Euro Trip. I love yes. both of these yes. because these are these are very, these are movies that came out when I was in college. So obviously, this those are like Jim very, Swift favorites. Yeah, too, by I'm the sh- way, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, the thing I love about Euro Trip, and really, you only need if you if you if you have to watch it, you don't have to. But if you want to, the opening sequence with a surprise appearance from Matt Damon. Yes. As the like punk rock singer, Scotty doesn't. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty does. and and it and it really it, this is my this is one of the reasons why I love Matt Damon is because he doesn't take himself seriously. That's right. He actually I, like he, I'm sure there are things he takes himself very seriously oh, yeah, sure. about. He's like you know causes, he's really into Howard Zinn. His causes and he, his he, teachers. Like, yeah. But like uh, but like he as an actor he is very much into just kind of doing whatever for fun. And it 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 this is the perfect representation of that. Uh, number two, Easy Rider. 
uh, which is wow. you know you know mm-hmm. that's that's a, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a classic that's, that's individual. very iconic as uh, they say iconic and National Lampoon's Vacation is obviously the best I mean mm-hmm. that is just there's no other option for number one or is there Mike <laughs> well let's here we go let's kick things off with number ten no God just skip to <laughs> no I'll, I'll, I'll go through them real quickly number ten uh, I have Easy Rider number nine Rain Man number eight Tommy Boy again these are sort of like Tom, mm-hmm. I keep going come all right. <laughs> uh, number seven, gotta mention it, the Muppet movie. Uh, number six, Dumb and Dumber. The original Muppet movie or the last one? The original Muppet okay, movie. That was a way, you know, when mm-hmm. they're moving right along. Okay. Um, number five, uh, reach back here. It happened one night. Wow. Yes. Clark Gable. Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. It does not take place at night for the most part. Mm-hmm. It does not take place over one day. And he plays a reporter. That's right. And he travels down yeah. to Florida mm-hmm. to get the, mm-hmm. the yeah. It's it, it actually stands up. It's, it is not like old movie funny uh-huh. mm-hmm. it is actually funny by the way really quickly i believe that movie was the definitive uh screwball co- comedy and i was going to say besides that uh, that caused the fashion shift uh because ah, he didn't yes. wear an undershirt that's right and so and all of a sudden shirt, oh yes. men started wearing no undershirts uh okay number four the trip the original uh number three national lampoon's vacation number two mad <laughs> mad max fury road yes oh, very road funny uh, yes, it is a road you're, trip movie. you're trying to be very funny. clever here that's, that's very, i'm not trying to, I'm i'll just, give you points you're being I'm, very clever you think you're you it's think me. you're it's just you're, me you're mixing up it's genres nope nope oh. and number one planes trains and automobiles oh, very course. very funny oh planes, my gosh trains, you know what correction yeah. for me number one planes trains look at that i correct myself you'll miss me when i'm gone guys okay corrections additions none Absolutely none. Okay, just a clarification here. Actor Jay Thomas died. Uh, I did not mention him <laughs> on the show. Uh, I believe Shannon Last was, was concerned. I loved him in Mork and Mindy and his great football coach in Mr. Holland's Opus. Spirit of the Week. Uh, I brought in a bottle of Rioja. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, I Very brought this themed. Be- I brought this because uh, in the trip to Spain, they mentioned they're in the Rioja region, and, and uh, I believe it's Rob says, oh, I don't see any vineyards. Where are all the vineyards, yeah. you know? But... Uh, I I mean, look, it, I was in the grocery store and I I saw a ten dollar bottle of Rioja <laughs> and a twenty dollar bottle of Rioja and I was like, well, I can't tell the difference, so I'm going to get the ten dollar bottle mm-hmm. and fr- mm-hmm. it's fine. I would have. It's a I red wine. I thought you would have gotten the twenty one. I mean, I mean it's, that's it's what having, you want to so get. This is, as my good friend Ted Allen would say. Oh, by the way, you know, because I know him, uh, he, uh, you know, it's not the very expensive bottle of wine that he likes to get because anybody anywhere person can get it. It's finding a great bottle at a low price, and this yeah. one actually, Sonny, it's, is it's very actually not bad, right? Drinkable. Yeah. It's yeah. the kind of thing that Jose Andres would wouldn't yeah. mind drinking. And I had lunch with him once. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. not to yeah. just name drop. Yeah, sure, you know who I am. You know who I am. You know who I am. Who's Vic Mattis? I write about food. Uh, That's all the time we're giving (laughs) to this episode. Uh, Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorino Mattis, at Sonny Bunch. At Michael R. Warren. Yeah. Recently verified. Recently. Oh, congratulations. I was holding that. Yeah, I knew it was a big deal. Getting all these random people following. Yes, suddenly the algorithm changed. You will find your life will change forever. I am, as a result of getting the blue check mark, I am 150 followers away from 2,000 followers. That's a good job. The, the blue is like top ago. So like one a day, maybe? Okay. Um, in 20,000 years, I'll be up to Sunny Bunch. Uh, again, be sure to yeah, subscribe. But, but I will be further ahead, though. <laughs> so you'll, you'll, you'll never catch me. Oh, it's fine. Damn you. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard. Or Stitcher. Just type in Substandard under podcast, and we're there. Leave, Stitcher. <laughs> leave, leave a review. Um, let's get to 400. Tell your friends, and don't forget... Um, when Jonathan comes back, substandard show notes might come up again. Yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe. Until next time. Mike, how yeah. have you enjoyed your time here at the it's, Substandard? It's been great. I feel like I'm getting pushed out. The do- I'm literally getting pushed out the door. Well, I not literally. Yeah, because I'm taking your stuff now and yeah. disconnecting your headphones. Yeah, it's mean I, that we don't want you. What? I can't. I can't. All right, he's, <laughs> we he's just Sonny yeah, just muted him. He's done. He's. We're, we're do you done hear now. something? All right. Thank you. All right. Thank bring him back. All right. Do you, is there anything you want to tell our our literally ones of thousands of loyal listeners? No. I mean, just they, thank really you. For, Thank you for thank you for uh, referring to me as not JVL. That really sort of oh, yes. on, that was uh, Kyle, not, Kyle Foley. Kyle Foley was that was not, not well, hyphen JVL. Yeah, not even the hyphen. I didn't even get a hyphen. Just the not JVL. Um, so I, I really that helped my self esteem mm-hmm. quite oh, that's a bit. Good. Well, I mean, look, we we have we we've well, this is now our forty first forty first episode forty first main episode. We've got we've we have a loyal audience. They are very upset when things change. I know, mm-hmm. like dogs, they get very weird when you know you start. You throw a new situation in front of them, and and uh, but I think I think you handled it pretty well. I think you. What do you think? I'm sure it was fine. 